to, and then I went and preached at Ballina. So <laughs> that's my story. <laughs> I overcame the serpent. Anyway, so that was a vaguely relevant story to what I want to actually preach on tonight. But I just had to tell you that. I'm still so disgusted by the fact that I saw that. Anyway, so I can't tell you that story and not um, preach from Judges 4 tonight on a woman named Jael. Because Jael, if you have read the book of Judges, is famous for grabbing a tent peg or a stake and, and driving it through the enemy's head with a hammer. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's so gruesome and intense. But it's a good historical uh, story and we're going to learn from it tonight. Is that okay? All right, but I just want to read a real qu- um, quick quote before I go on from Ed um, Silvoso. Thanks for the book, Rob. And he says, while women walk upright, Satan must crawl, making his head vulnerable every time they set their feet down. Right, Sue? How's your ankle? He is the one who should be afraid, not the other way around. Amen? Amen. So good. Okay, so uh, let me. we're in Judges 4 and we're going to read from verses 18 to 21 tonight. But I'll just set the scene for you a little bit before we um, just jump right in. And at this point in history, do you know, do you know why I love this story? Because there's not just JL, but there's two girls. And at this point in history in Israel, Deborah... One of my other favourites in the Bible, Deborah, is in charge. She's leading the nation of Israel. And uh, this actually happened. It's a true story. It's in the Bible. And uh, for the last 20 years, Israel has been um, oppressed, depressed. They've been stripped off their weapons. Okay, there's an enemy king. And uh, the leader of the enemy's army is called Sisera. And he's taken all the weapons of Israel's tiny little weak army and basically... Everything sucks for Israel, okay? They are they're oppressed and they're sad and food is scarce and it's dangerous to go out in the streets. People can't even leave their homes. It's a terrible, horrible... You know what? It sounds like some parts of the world at the moment, you know? It's like the back street of New York City. So, the laneway or something, you just wouldn't go there, okay? So, at this point in time, Deborah, she's a prophetess. Deborah's a prophetess. She hears from the Lord and uh, the Lord says, I want you to tell the leader of your army, Barak, to go to war against the enemy. And this is crazy because they don't have any weapons and stuff. But she goes, all right. She goes to Barak and she says, look, this is the strategy the Lord has released. Let's go to war. Barak says, I don't want to go unless you come with me. So the guy... The leader of the army is like, I'm too scared to fight without you. And so Deborah comes and she co-leads him and the entire army in war against the enemy, okay? And Deborah says, and this is what I just want to say quickly, she actually prophesies and she says, all right, I'll come with you. But just so you know, because of your fear, the Lord is going to deliver the victory of Israel into the hands of a woman. Yay! <laughs> Love you, Jet. And so the woman she's prophesying about is not actually herself. The p- woman, this is the best part of the story, the woman Deborah is prophesying about is Jael. And Jael is awesome. You know why? Because she is a, well, I was going to say just an ordinary housewife, but she's actually extraordinary. Okay, she's just this housewife. She's chilling in a tent. She has no idea what's happening. She just, she spends her days cooking and cleaning, looking after the household, looking after her kids, making sure, you know, they're not endangered because it's dangerous times she's living in. And she notices that the war has broken out, okay, between the Israel army and the enemy army. And who should start running towards her tent, okay, remember that's her house, they dwelt in tents, who should run towards her tent but Sisera, okay, he's the enemy, he's the enemy 
like the head of the enemy army. This is a huge deal. And tonight, just really quickly before we go into worship, I want to look at how she dealt with this situation because I think we can learn a lot from JL. So I want to read the verses. And if it's a bit gruesome, just chill out. It's okay. It's fine. Jesus is here. Okay, verse 18. JL, everybody say JL. It's a good name. Went out to meet Sisera. Went out to meet Sisera and said to him, Come, my Lord, come right in. Don't be afraid. So he entered her tent and she covered him with a blanket because he's tired. He said, I'm thirsty. Fix me a sandwich. I'm kidding. He said, Please give me some water. And so she opened a skin of milk because milk makes you tired, gave him a drink and covered him up. And he said, stand in the doorway doorway for the tent. If someone comes by and asks you, is anyone there, say no. The reason he's hiding is because they're losing the battle, because God's fighting on their behalf, just so you know. And the stars joined in to fight. That's just a little background info for you. Then it says, verse 21, But Jael, Heber's wife, picked up a tent peg, and a hammer and went quietly to him while he lay fast asleep, exhausted. She drove the peg through his temple into the ground and he died. Yay! <laughs> and that's the message for tonight. You can all go home. Okay. <laughs> it's profound because <laughs> the victory of Israel, of an entire nation, was delivered through the hands of a housewife who was doing her thing. So I want to look at the first thing she did in verse 18. The first thing that she did was she stepped out of her tent. She stepped out of her tent. Do you know what she did when she stepped out of her tent and she stepped out to confront the enemy that was threatening her children, threatening her family, threatening her community, threatening her nation? She stepped into her prophetic calling because Deborah, if you remember, had already prophesied over her life. Deborah had already prophesied that Israel's victory is going to be delivered by the, through the hands of a woman. Jael didn't know she was that woman necessarily, but by stepping out... In, in, in trust, in faith in God. She actually stepped into her prophetic calling. Okay, that's a huge, massive deal. And so she, this is a gutsy, strategic woman, all right? Because if you didn't notice, she totally had a strategy when she went out to meet him. This girl had a plan. She didn't just, you know, she didn't kind of waft out there. She was like, oh, come in. I'm going to deceive you and I'm going to defeat you, you know? She had a plan. She had a strategy and she definitely had guts, okay? She clearly had an anointing from God. Seriously, you've got to have an anointing if you're going to lay your life down, if you're going to risk your life um, to, to do this. You've got to have an anointing from God. So she clearly had one. And I want to encourage you to know that every single one of us individually has a prophetic calling from God. Amen, Robin. Thank you so much for what you shared. We have a prophetic calling from God. And in Ephesians 4 verse 1, it says, I urge you to live a life worthy of that calling. Live a life worthy of that calling. Okay, but here's the thing. Our prophetic calling, our heavenly destiny, the purpose for which God put you on the planet doesn't actually just fall right into your lap. You have to step out and get it. You have to step out of your tent. You have to step out of your household. You have to step out of your comfort zone and you have to confront what you fear. And you have to have the anointing of the Lord. It is the Lord that will fill you with the courage to step out and get it, all right? But you have to go get it, okay? Everyone say, go get it. I can't actually imagine the fear and the intimidation and the doubt that would have, you know, increased JL's heartbeat a little bit as she stepped out, okay, to take this massive sacrificial risk, okay? I can't even imagine, but, but she did it. And, you know, 
you know, we might have other Debras. I have a real Debra in my life. But you know who else is my Debra? Is Robin Porter is my Debra, okay? She's the one who just constantly prophesies over me when I'm, like, terrified to do something. She's like, you have the authority. This is your calling. You do this. You do this. I'm like, thank you, Jesus, for Robin. Okay, so she's my Debra. But actually, I... I'm responsible for my own calling. So no matter how many people prophesy over my life and give me words and knowledge about my life and say, hey, you're called to do this. You, you're good at this. You're, you have strengths. You have giftings to do this. I'm responsible for my calling. So no matter how many Debras prophesy over me, I've got to step out into it. Does that make sense? Okay. And sometimes it takes risk. Sometimes it's a little bit scary. But, you know, JL didn't know that Sisera was going to fall for her strategy, but she simply had to trust God. Amen. It starts with simply saying yes, saying yes to God. Okay. I believe that when we say yes to Jesus, when he's calling us to do something, if we just say yes, the obedience releases the courage and it releases the strength and it releases the anointing to do what he's called us to do. Does that make sense? Is that good? Okay. So, you know, for me personally, just like sharing a little bit from my heart, um, since I had babies, since I had Eden and little Dayla, both times I had babies, it was actually, it took a real step of faith and a lot of courage to get back into like youth ministry and, and preaching or leading worship or whatever it is, is called me to do. And it actually, you know, I've got two really good excuses not to do any of that. Do you know what I mean? I've got two really good excuses to just I don't know, hide behind Paul or to, to just to not do it because I've got a two-year-old and I've got a, how old's Dayla now? Does anyone know? Four and a half months? Five months? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm pretty sure she's five months. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> she's due for her vaccines. That's all I know. But anyway, so uh, it took, you know, a step of courage for me to say, okay, because you know what, I feel like I'm called to preach, you know, and I feel like the Lord calls me to certain things like hanging out with legends on Friday nights at youth group, but it takes courage and it takes boldness for me to go, all right, Lord, I'm just going to trust you because I would really just sometimes rather stay home with my babies, you know, and I, that's all I want to do sometimes is just hang out with my little girls, but you know, there's other girls that I want to hang out with as well, you know what I mean? So, you know, it takes, it takes trust and it can be scary, but you've got to do it because, you know, you never feel more alive when you're doing what God's called you to do. Amen. All right. The second thing I want to tell us tonight is that in, we see in verses 19 and 21 that JL fought in her strengths, as in she fought with what she had. She didn't get caught up operating in a function that she wasn't called to. You know what I mean? She didn't try and fight with the soldiers on the battlefield, okay? She didn't try and take over Deborah's place and lead in Deborah's place because she wasn't actually called to lead a whole army. That wasn't her calling. That wasn't what God wanted her to do. And she, she strategized and she fought with what she had, as in what her circumstances and her timing and her possessions afforded her. Okay, that's what she fought with. You know, if she tried, she she wants freedom for God's people. She wanted the freedom. She wanted to help out. She wanted to do something. But if she went out onto the battlefield as a soldier, she would have been in entering enemy territory untrained unprepared and she would have come out into a dangerous realm all right so she did not do that she didn't try and get caught up in in, in somebody else's calling do you know what I mean she flourished and she fought and she conquered where in her household, in her household, her own tent, where she was actually equipped and trained and prepared, where her strengths were. 
I love, I love, 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 love that God used a housewife and her household utensils to defeat an entire army. <laughs> it's not the best story ever. Okay, she was successful in securing kingdom victory because she didn't step out into a dangerous unknown territory. Um, just, and you see the balance, like there's risks that we've got to take. But hey, let's, let's follow, hear the Lord's voice about our lives and step into the territory that he's called us to. And that's where our strengths are. And what I want to tell us tonight, don't be somebody you're not. Be authentically you, girls. Be authentically you because God has put in your very spiritual DNA. He's put, he's designed, he's built in a a mix of gifts, a variety of gifts within you, giftings and strengths in order to be everything that he's called you to be and accomplish everything that he's called you to accomplish. Do you understand? So you've got to be who you are and not try and bring kingdom victory through somebody else's giftings or somebody else's gift mix, or somebody else's strengths. He's not calling you to do that. He's not calling you. Can you imagine if I tried to do Denise's job? Heck, seriously, my dad forced me to quit maths when I was 15 years old. He forced me to quit maths when I was 15 years old. And if I tried, how unsuccessful and pathetic would I feel, constantly disappointed, just feel useless if I thought I just have to do what Denise does. That is totally her gifting. Do you know when I actually read a book and if there's numbers on the page, my brain actually shuts down. I'm not even, you're laughing, I'm not even kidding. My brain just like... I just cannot do it. Do you know what I love? I love English. I love English and I love writing and and I I try and operate. Like I write, honestly, I'm going to say 60% of Paul's messages sometimes. Do you know what I mean? I love it that much. I love putting together and structuring scripture. And so I operate in those giftings and I'm never going to go and enter into Denise's territory ever. Ever, 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 okay? What you are gifted and anointed for is enough. Can we just love on Denise right now? Just give her a... (laughs) You have no idea how amazing she is. Okay, so my point was, don't try and accomplish kingdom victory in territory you're not trained in. But if there is territory that you're like, ooh, I feel like I can do that, then get trained. Get, Get trained and go do it. Okay, so... Um, what you're gifted and anointed for may not initially look like much in the kingdom of God. You go, I'm good at numbers. What, what does that do? You know, what, what can that do for the kingdom? Or I'm really good at brewing cups of tea. What's that going to do? You know, actually God uses everything. You would think, <laughs> you would think that, you know, the victory of Israel, the entire nation would be attributed to the soldiers who actually fought the battle, right? You would think they're out on the battlefield and they're fighting the battle and they win the battle and they win the victory for Israel. You would think they would get the credit. And do you know who gets the credit? Not the soldiers, Jael. They actually sing a song of praise in the next chapter. It's called the Song of Deborah. It's all about giving Jael praises for what she did. She did it in the presence of no one but God. It was a hidden victory. But So initially, sometimes we think, oh, I can't do anything for the kingdom of God. But you can and you will and you have no idea what impact that you're having. You know, when I first came to Eastgate Church. I I remember Nev was preaching. I have no idea what he preached on, okay? No recollection. Do you know what I do remember? Is people making me cups of tea and welcoming me at the door and just embracing me. I remember it was so bizarre. I walked into this church seven years ago and I went, this is weird. I'm 4,000 kilometers from home and I'm home. I have mothers and fathers and aunties and uncles and brothers and sisters. Literally the first 
moment that I stepped through the door. That's how I felt. It was like this thing. And that was because people weren't trying to preach at me when they weren't supposed to. They were just, there were people, obviously, I can't even remember who, just operating in the hospitality anointing which is an incredibly important anointing in the kingdom of God and gifting, amen? So it's like the, the door graders are actually the most important, one of the most important parts of what we do in the kingdom of God. People who are just there to say, hello, or as the girls were doing, Haley was like, welcome! This, didn't you feel welcome when she did that? <laughs> Amazing. But I just wonder how many spiritual wars have been won behind closed doors, you know? How many spiritual wars, how many tent pegs have been driven through the enemy's temple in intercession? You know, I know for a fact that Paul is saved because Kerry prayed. Do you know what I mean? She isn't, Kerry is Paul's mom. my husband is Paul, okay? He's saved because she prayed intercessory prayers, okay? God answers mother's prayers. But she, you know, how many, how many spiritual wars have been won because women and men alike do things that they are called to do in the kingdom of God. And uh, she used jail. She used what she had, all right? She got her priorities right. She didn't get caught up trying to fight a battle she couldn't win. But she looked around. Okay, she's like, hammer, tent cookbook. Okay, I'll go with the hammer and the tent peg. Okay, she had milk, a tent, blanket, hammer, and a steak. Okay, these are the household utensils that she did. And you've got to remember, every single household in Israel would have had a tent peg and a hammer in those days. It was as common as a knife and fork, okay? She literally, I feel like I just embodied her in that moment when I saw the snake. I was like, what can I use? There's a cookbook, that'll do it, and just chucked it across the room, you know what I mean? And I love this. I love it so much. She used a, <laughs> a tent peg and a, and, a, and a, what was it? A hammer. Thank you. God uses obscure things, <laughs> to accomplish victory in the kingdom of God. He uses obscure, unpopular, unexpected things. Have you ever read the Bible? It's ridiculous. Samson uses a donkey's jawbone. Are you serious? Shamgar gets an ox goad and, you know, slays the enemy, like 600 Philistines. Have you ever read that? (laughs) It's ridiculous, okay? What else? David uses a sling and a stone, okay, against like a sword and armor. The father used a carpenter's son. The father used Jesus from nothing Nazareth, who no one thought anything good would come from. Yeah, God uses obscure, unexpected things. And, you know, I just wonder how many, uh, how many unexpected weapons and gifts are just lying around, unused, unutilized in our lives, in this house, in our church. You know, and we, we don't use them because we don't think that they'll accomplish much for the kingdom of God. You should give it a go. Even things you don't think will be of any value for the kingdom, I bet you they will be, okay? Um, you know, I would have never thought, if, out of all the things in my household, would never have picked a cookbook to kill a snake. But it happened, all right? Bottom line, bottom line, I'm almost finished. Bottom line, she used her words, her hands, her possessions, her mind, and her actions. This is jail. We've got to do the same. Her words, hands, possessions, mind, and actions. And this is what I really want to say. Ready? what you have is enough. Use what you have because what you have is more than enough. Who he created you to be is more than enough to accomplish what he wants to do through you. Amen. Step out, say yes to the call. Okay, JL, ordinary, ordinary housewife, had everything she needed right in that little tent to deliver a victory for Israel, for an entire nation of God's people. She had everything she needed right there in her household. And uh, I believe we have everything we need 
right here in our household to deliver victory to God's kingdom. Amen. Amen. Hey, I'm going to finish up. So if I can get my girls up behind me on the stage, we're going to finish in worship. But I want to finish tonight by just um, unpacking who JL really was imitating when she did what she did. She took what she had and she drove a stake through the enemy's temple. <laughs> Gruesome, but but true. I believe the temple, to me, it symbolises the thoughts and the strategies of the enemy. The thoughts and the strategies and the assignments of the enemy, hey, they are to hold people captive, to hold people back from their freedom. And that's what was happening in Israel in this time. He was holding people back from their freedom. He was oppressing society. So many things God gets blamed for. It's actually, oh, that person, the enemy. Okay. She drove it through his temple. Okay. In her own house where she conquered and fought and flourished. She silenced, disarmed, disempowered and defeated the enemy of an entire nation. One woman, one woman. She literally fulfills, early she fulfills Genesis 3.15. I will put enmity between you and the woman. He will crush your head and you will bruise his heel. And as I mentioned at the beginning of tonight, he is Jesus. It's a prophecy about Jesus, okay? You know what Jesus used to crush the enemy's head? You know what they drove through his wrists on the cross? Looked awful lot like a tent peg. One big long nail. But do you know what? What the enemy meant for evil, God brought for good because when they drove the nails through the the wrists or the hands of Jesus, they actually, Jesus silenced, disempowered, disarmed and defeated the kingdom of hell and the kingdom of darkness and everything that could ever withhold somebody's freedom. Jesus used a tent peg. Jesus used a tent peg. And you know what? This is what I really want us to take away tonight. Whenever one of us girls stands up and steps out into our prophetic calling, into the calling of God upon our lives, into the heavenly destiny and purpose set before us that God's already predestined for us. Whenever we do that, whenever we step out, we literally drive a stake through the enemy's head. We literally drive a stake. We literally disempower and disarm and silence the enemy and defeat the enemy, okay? We secure, we literally stake our claim. We stake our inheritance. We put a stake in the ground every time a girl steps into her heavenly destiny. And why don't we stand tonight? You can stand as we're going to finish in worship. When we step out to our calling, we partner with Christ, with Jesus Christ in continuing to accomplish what he accomplished on the cross. In work, we carry out what was done at the cross when he, when he disarmed the enemy, when he disarmed the powers of hell and the powers of darkness, when he defeated them, we carry it out. We continue. We continue to fight the war from victory. And, you know, I believe right now we are in the days when the Spirit of God is trumpeting a warrior's call to girls in particular. This might be, you know, a pretty crazy story, but I believe that, you know, there's Deborah and I believe she had a really obvious warrior anointing, an anointing to fight, an anointing to lead people into battle. But, you know, JL also had a warrior anointing 
She also had a warrior anointing. It just looked a little bit different, but she had it too. And, you know, some of us, some of us are called to do battle. We're called to do battle on the mission field. We're called to do battle away from home. But some of us are called to secure the victory and finish the job right there in our households and right there locally. You know, we're called, all of us, all of us are called to do battle for Jesus. Amen. We've got to respond to the call. And as we finish in worship tonight, I want to encourage you girls to look around your tent. Look around your tent and see what you've got. Find your weapons for war. Amen. They might be spiritual weapons of praise or worship or intercession, or they might be natural weapons like a paintbrush or social media, creativity. I don't know. But find your weapons for for war because Psalm 68 verse 11, the Lord gives the instructions. The women who announce the good news are a large army. I believe that this psalm declares at a strategic time, God's going to give a command and a company of women are going to be released to defeat his enemies. Okay, and an all-female army are going to bring this about. And I believe we're living in those days now where the Spirit of God has poured out on men and women, on sons and daughters, amen, with a solution. So let's be brave. Let's step out. Let's use what we have and let's stake our claim. And, you know, tonight, if you feel like it, why don't you just grab a girl next to you as after worship, whatever you want to do, and just pray for a release. Just pray for a release of that anointing, the strength and the courage, a, a, a JL anointing, a Deborah anointing, an anointing for battle, you know, to do what we're called to do in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for your presence here tonight. Lord, we thank you that you have anointed every single girl in this house tonight, that you have a plan, you have a purpose, you have set them free to do what they're called to do. And I pray even right now, Lord, in your presence, in your house, as we worship you, as you inhabit our praises and worship, Lord, I pray right now that you'd be speaking to us, speaking to specific girls about their destiny and what you've called them to do. I just break off all fear right now in the name of Jesus, in the authority of the name of Jesus. I break off all fear that may be holding some of us back. I break off all intimidation in the name of Jesus that may be holding us back from doing what we're called to do. I speak to any doubt and I just command it to leave in the name of Jesus. And I just release courage over us. Thank you, Jesus. I release courage. Yeah, courage and strength in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. All these pieces broken and scattered in mercy gathered, mended and whole, empty handed, but not forsaken. I've been set free. I've been set free.
See? 